0: Hey guys, I'm Joseph, and welcome to another episode of Speakeasy. Today's episode is going to be all about prep time, those precious 15 minutes before the start of the debate, during which you come up with your material and your strategic direction for the round. Let's first have a quick discussion about what prep really is. You want to think of prep as a resource or capital that you invest in your case. You spend the limited amount of time you have available to produce the best possible case, write your speech, predict what other teams will respond, and so on. Practicing to do prep well is therefore in itself a valuable way to improve, as it is one of the few skills that will always be useful, regardless of motion type, position, or other factors you can't control. In my opinion, prep time in BP is the single most important factor in your speech's quality, and is therefore one of the most important skills to master how do we know whether PrEP is good or not? In my many years as a debater who has spoken with people at all levels of competence and skill, there is one determining factor that tells me if the other speaker is new to debate or experienced. It is how they approach PrEP. Those who ask what can I say are almost exclusively newer and generally less experienced debaters as their primary worry for the coming round is not looking bad, or something to that effect. This is not a useful question to ask yourself, because you can say many things that are unpersuasive and could still easily not do well. What can I say is the questions AMs will usually ask in prep. Instead, you want to ask yourself the question a pro will ask themselves. What can I say to win this debate? Our focus today is to learn how to use prep to answer that question. So, how do we effectively use prep then? While there are many factors that play into prep efficiency, organization is key. You need to understand that there are a lot of different subskills involved in doing prep. Determining how much time you need for each subsection will also determine the best way for you to split up prep time to suit you. Therefore, there is no universally correct way to prep. That being said, a very common way to approach motions, and the way I usually teach beginners to do prep, is the following. One, read the motion carefully. I have often seen teams falter with trying to run arguments, even very excellent arguments, only to later realize they missed a critical bit of wording in the motion that changed the burdens of teams in that debate. I recommend you use our cheat sheet from episode 7 to help you identify your burdens so that this does not happen to you. If you don't understand a word in the motion, make sure you ask the people who said it. For example, the CAs if you're at a BP debate competition. 2. Ask yourself questions that give you a good overview of the topic. What changes if this happens? Who's impacted? How are they impacted? Is it a big impact? Are there possible knock-on effects, actors, or their dependents that are impacted by this motion? Essentially, get a solid and broad understanding of what the world looks like and will look like if this motion passes, ideally without making value judgments about those facts yet. The reason you want to avoid value judgments early in prep is that it allows you to assess the motion in a more balanced way, which makes it easier to predict responses and arguments from the other side. 3. You want to try your best to assess the strongest cases for the other side. This allows you to write responses to their material preemptively and account for potential rebuttals when you're writing your own case. Four actually write your case and organize it for clarity. So you don't forget critical pieces of analysis or framing. I want to reiterate again that this format is not mandatory. And if you find success with a different format, or if flipping elements of this around helps you, then by all means do that. This outline is just meant as a baseline for you to understand some of the basic elements that should be present in some capacity, when you're prepping. You could use all of these, none of these, or add your own questions or categories. Adjusting how you prep to produce better speeches should genuinely be part of your practice regime if you want to get better at BP debating. Let's now move on to talking about what you should focus on in prep more generally. It is my absolute belief that second speaker speeches do not matter in prep time. If you're the second speaker, you must be selflessly devoted to your first speaker. That is because making sure your first speaker runs the best possible case is in your own best interest as a second speaker. Your dream scenario is for your first speaker to have already won the debate before you even get up to speak because that makes your job that much easier. Even if your own speech suffers from it, you should focus on the first speech. What that means is that during prep, your primary focus lies in helping your partner wherever they need it. Therefore, prep as a second speaker primarily comes down to identifying the case your team wants to run, assessing what needs to be true for it to stand, why it wins the debate, what other teams may respond to it, and how you beat their responses preemptively. While your first speaker is writing down stuff, you want to be thinking of how you would respond to your material if you were on the other bench. Think of all the reasons your case is bad. Write additional preemptive responses or pieces of weighing to these rebuttals. If there's a critical piece of rebuttal from the other side that you cannot think of a response to, you need to let your partner know ASAP. Either they can think of something, like a way to mitigate, respond, or symmetrize it, or even outright rebut it, or you may have just identified that your case is actually bad. The earlier you realize this, the better your team is off. Last, you want to prep based on your position. Ideally, you have a modified prep version based on each position, as there are slight distinctions between all four speeches that may be worth accounting for. But at the very least, you want to account for the differences between top half and back half. Where top half has the downside of less time, but free case selection, back half has more time but is restricted by what top half already said and needs to pay close attention to that in round. To account for these factors, I recommend generally being focused on broader prep when you're in closing and being focused on not leaving obvious logical gaps in analysis when you're in top half. Finally, then, let's go over improving your prep as a team. Remember how I said you should think of prep as a finite resource? What I want you to understand from that is that it is precious and that maximizing its use is key to improving your personal prep time. Once you've broken up prep into different elements, you can begin working on each of those individually. Shave up 15 seconds here, answer some more questions in the same amount of time there, split time more effectively between you and your partner, and so on and so forth. The point is that you want to improve efficiency as much as you can. As you develop more, you might find that certain elements of prep just aren't that necessary anymore and have become things you can do automatically in your sleep. Great, cut them and use the freed up time for other elements of your prep time. Don't ever consider prep time to be done. It is always a work in progress. And you want to continuously debrief with your partner on what went well, what didn't and what you would have preferred be done differently going forward. Identifying these issues and figuring out solutions to them as a team is going to be massive for your improvement both as individuals and as teammates. Next, you want to be very aware of the clock and how much time you need for each element of prep. Sometimes you won't be able to do everything and sitting around racking your brain about how to answer one of your questions won't get you anywhere. Always be aware of how much time you have left what tasks you have left, and see when you have done enough on one section to be free to move on to the next. Of course, there are cases where you can't cut your losses and need to keep pressing. For example, you have to understand what the motion is asking of you. Otherwise, there's a good chance you'll be writing nonsense. So it may be worth giving up on figuring out all the responses from the other side if it means you actually know what you're supposed to be arguing about. While the second speaker prefers not to be in a position to deal with super tough cases that haven't already been preempted, sometimes that's how it goes. Figuring out what the meaning of the debate is and what changes as a result of the motion is never optional. If you don't conceptually understand the motion, you can't write good arguments for the debate. You need to be aware of these types of priorities and make sure that you adequately plan in time and prioritize for them accordingly. In order to avoid getting into the scenario of needing to cut different parts of prep short, you should master your prep method. You want to be able to apply it to a large number of motions easily and run stress tests and dry preps to make sure this format works for you. You don't even need to practice debates, or spar with other schools, or do tournaments to improve your prep. In fact, you can even practice it by yourself. Just find motions online, or ask friends or other debaters for motions, and then just prep them by yourself. For example, you can find motions from tournaments on our Twitter account, we even organize them by tournament. You can find these on our website, clustered by tournament, if you want somewhere to start looking for motions. Having a strong grasp of what to do when the motion drops will make you more efficient, will reduce your in-round anxiety, and will help you make it less likely that you forget what you should be doing in prep, which will improve your speeches later in the round. Finally, you want to make sure you account for both your and your partner's prep needs. Not everyone has the same priorities. Maybe one of you needs more time to understand the motion. The other might need more time to write, but, at the same time, both of you are great at generating the different arguments for both sides super quickly once you understand what the motion is about. In this hypothetical, you'd want to leave more time for reading the motion and writing the speech and reduce the relative time you spend generating content. Additionally, as you become more efficient, you'll figure out different needs and these priorities shift which is why I want to make sure that if you take only one thing away from this episode, it's that you should always aim to make your prep better than it was last time. Let's now go over everything we learned today. First, we talked about what prep is and what its actual purpose is. Next, we discussed some of the more generally important elements of prep time. Finally, we talked about how to improve on prep and what to account for as you're working on it. Alright guys, that is all for now. I hope you learned something, and if you have any questions, put them in the comments below or write to us on Twitter at Speakeasy Debate. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends or other debaters you know who might be interested in this series. As always, you can find the cheat sheet for this week on our website, speakeasydebating.wordpress.com. You can also find the cheat sheets for previous episodes here, as well as motions from competitions that we track. For now, Have a nice week, and I'll see you next time.